See it, the scepters and the orb and the, the crown jewels and the, 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 the crowns. And it's estimated that the, the kind of regalia and everything used yesterday was worth about five billion pounds. Isn't that incredible? But I don't know if you noticed in the service, the very first gift, the very first thing that was given to Charles was the Bible. And the moderator of the Church of Scotland gave him the Bible and said, this is the most valuable thing the world affords. More than the jewels, more than the orb, more than the scepter, this is the most valuable thing in the whole world because it is the word of God. And I'd like to encourage you to take a Bible and please turn to Philippians chapter one. If you're using one of the church Bibles, you'll find it on page 1178. And this morning we're gonna read the opening seven verses of Philippians chapter one. These are the words of Paul to the church of Philippi. They're the words of God to us this morning. And um, this morning I'm gonna use them to express some of my own words to you as a congregation. So let's read these words together. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. So please keep that open uh, as we come to, to consider what God says to us, but also what I would like to say to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the Bible. We thank you for how precious it is. And we thank you that every part of it is inspired by you. And Father, I pray that as we reflect a little on Paul's words to the Philippians, that you would speak to us and assure us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the greatest joys in ministry is that you do ministry with other people. And uh, for the past almost five years, I have been with you as your minister. And it's a joy. It's such a joy to have done that with you. And, and that was Paul's experience. Paul was a missionary and he would go from town to town and village to village and he would preach the gospel and people would come to faith in Christ and, and he'd establish a church and he'd build them up for a while and then he would leave. He would go. And as I come to, to leave this morning, I can only imagine what he felt every time he had to leave a group behind. A profound sadness, a profound longing for them. And yet that was God's will for him. Paul, though, he, he was very good at keeping in touch and he would often get in touch by letters. He would write to the churches that he'd established. He'd write to the churches that he'd left and he would encourage them in the gospel and he would continue to teach them or, or converse with them. And here as he begins the opening of 
Philippians to this church in Philippi. And, and if you remember Philippi, you'll find it in Acts 16. It's the place he went and, and he found Lydia praying by, by the water and she got saved and was baptized. It's the place where the, the jailer, they were put in jail and, and the jailer thought he was gonna die. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And, and then it's also the place where they had the slave girl. Do you remember she was possessed? And, and Paul set her free in the name of Jesus. So it's this church with a mix of people and he's left them a while ago and now he's writing to them. And I love what he says in verse three. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And this morning what I want you to know is that every time I remember you, I will just give thanks to God for you. I'll give thanks to God for this church. Every time I drive past, every time I see an update on Facebook, every time I, I hear about what's happening through friends here or through presbytery, every single time I hear the word Ravenhill Presbyterian, I will give great thanks to God for you and for this church. Uh, and there are so many things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the people. I'm thankful for you, the congregation. I'm thankful for the love and the care that you've shown to me and my family over the past five years. I'm thankful for the words of support and encouragement you've given me over the past five years. I'm thankful for supporting me in all the work that's been done in this church over the past five years. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for your love. I'm thankful for your care. I'm thankful to God for you. I'm also thankful to God for the ministry opportunities over the past number of years. I'm thankful for the opportunities I've had to, to walk with some of you through the most difficult times in your life. I'm thankful for God for the, the experiences of, of starting men's ministry and reaching out to local men and, and for Free Food Friday and for the various ways that the Lord has, has been at work in this place. I'm thankful for the ministry opportunities I've had. Thankful to have done one-to-one -one Bible studies with people. Thank you for all the opportunities to serve him in this place. I'm thankful too for the challenges because in the challenges, in the difficult times, I learned more and more to depend on God and less and less to depend on myself. I remember coming here at the start and some of you were here and, and, and it just looked like it was gonna be difficult to get going and yet God did something. It was a huge challenge and yet God was at work and God brought new people and God brought people to faith in Christ and I learned that I could trust him. And we got going, didn't we? It, couple of years down the line it felt like we had some momentum and then what happened coronavirus came oh the challenge of doing that church at home thing in the back garden with the dog that was hard going with no auto cue the challenge of not being able to meet the challenge of the restrictions the challenge of of just the struggle for those times when we weren't allowed to meet that was a challenge I remember thinking to myself, well, we had good momentum, but now that's all done. What can we do now? And yet God, what did he do? He did more than we could ask or imagine, didn't he? When we got opened up again, what happened? New people came and people came to faith in Christ. Even through the challenges, even through the most difficult days of those two years, God was at work. God showed he was dependable. God showed he was strong. God showed that he was mighty. I'm thankful for the memories, and there are many of them. Some very funny memories, some sad memories, some really happy memories. I'm always gonna remember the Christmas parties. Great fun as a church family, just enjoying one another's company. 
I'm so thankful for all of these things. After saying how thankful he is, Paul then goes on, if you have a look at the text. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul, when he he leaves a place, he doesn't forget it. When he leaves the Philippians, when he leaves the Thessalonians, whoever he leaves, whenever you look at all of his letters, he says he's praying for them. And I just want to encourage you this morning that I will be praying for this place. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for Ravenhill. This church has a special place in my heart and I will be praying. Some things I'll be praying for is unity. Uh, you've probably heard me bang on about unity my whole five years. You've heard me say that a lot of times. You've heard me pray for that a lot of times. We need to be a united church. Any source of division and the church just capitulates. So I'm going to be praying for unity for you. And I, and I want to really encourage you in the vacancy. Because very often in vacancies, there's, there's opportunities for power grabs and all sorts of things. I want to encourage you, avoid all that. Be united. I'm praying for unity for you. I'll be praying for courage to follow the Lord's leading. Wherever he leads you, I'm going to be praying that you have the courage to step out and to follow. I'm going to be praying that this continues to be a place where everyone finds a welcome. I think this is the most welcoming church in the world. I really do. And I'll be praying that continues. And I'll be praying that this continues to be a place where people come to faith in Christ and have their lives transformed. Because again, that's the legacy that we have and we've had for 125 years. So Paul says, I'm praying for you. But he says, look, in all my prayers, look at the text again, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. With joy. He prays and he remembers them and he remembers the church with just such great joy. And again, I just want to say that whenever I think of Ravenhill, I'm just going to think of all the things that brought me so much joy. And there are a number of things One of the things I think has brought me the most joy is seeing people come to faith in Christ. And it's lovely this morning because as I look out this morning, there are some of you here who five years ago weren't followers of Jesus. You didn't know Christ. And now you know him and now you love him and now you know he loves you and your life is different. I'm going to remember that with such joy. I'm going to remember seeing people come to faith. And then there's some of you, and, and the second thing that brings me joy is I remember it will be, will be, I know that some of you have just grown. It's like your faith has come alive. It's like you were, you were Christians, but suddenly your faith is alive. The Holy Spirit is, has broken into your heart and transformed your faith, and suddenly it's living and active and, and beautiful and meaningful to you. I'll remember that with joy, seeing the Lord do that in some of your lives. And I think just in general, my, my joy will be, have been seeing God at work in and through this church. It's just been amazing to watch him at work. And I will look back with joy at all that he has done in the life in this church and also in our community. Now this morning, as I say all this, I'm aware that in here, you all feel very different things this morning. Um, Some of you are accepting and and kind of thankful and you know, it's not a massive deal that I'm moving on. You you get it, you understand and and you'll be a bit sad, but it's it's okay. I know some of you are really sad. I know some of you feel hurt this morning that you're hurting, you're sad. I know some of you are maybe a little bit mad. Maybe you're a bit cross, maybe a bit angry. 
I know that some of you this morning are also just fearful. You're fearful for your church. You're fearful for the vacancy. What's going to happen? Who's going to come? What's going to go on? I get that this morning. I understand. I understand there's a mix of feelings this morning. But however you're feeling this morning, whatever emotions you've got on, whatever kind of description, and maybe it's a mix of all those in different ways, whatever you're feeling this morning, let's take a look at what Paul says next. Because whatever you're feeling this morning, this is what you must believe and what you must hold on to. Look at verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then look at verse 6. Why else does he pray with joy? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This morning, I want you to have confidence that it is God who has been at work in this church. It's God who's been at work in this church for 125 years. And it's God who's been at work in this church in the past five. And whenever I leave, God will continue to be at work. God will finish what he started. God will carry on his work to completion. This morning, I want to encourage you to put your trust in God that he will be at work. And there are a number of things that God will do. First of all, he will build his church. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. God will continue to build up his church. He'll also continue to provide for the church's needs. He'll provide for your needs as a congregation. In Philippians later on, Paul writes, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God will provide you with a new minister. He'll be better than me. God will provide you with other workers. God will provide you with finance. God will provide you for everything you need to carry out his will in this church. God will also continue to to bear fruit. As you stay connected to Jesus, as you follow Jesus, God will continue to bring fruit. John 15 verse 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If we follow Jesus, if we stay close to him, if we follow his leading, God will continue to bring much fruit. And then another thing from the Bible, God will work all things out for the good of this church and for his glory. Romans eight twenty eight. Paul writes, and I know that for those who love God and all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purposes. God is sovereign and God is working all things out for his good. God will give you wisdom. God will give you guidance. God will raise up new leaders and new volunteers. God will make you an impact in this local community. God will provide opportunities for growth and transformation. God is at work. He has been at work and he will continue to be at work. Paul finishes in verse 7. And there he writes, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. I will have you in my heart as I leave. I'll have you in my heart as I go to serve the Lord to where he's called me to next. 
And I would ask if you can to please have me in your heart too and to pray for me and to pray for my family as we make this transition as well. God is sovereign. God loves his church. God is building his church. And we're called to trust in him and to follow him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the sole head and king of the church. Lord Jesus, this church and all churches belong to you. Lord Jesus, you have a plan for your church and a purpose for your church. You provide for your church and you care for your church. And Father, I pray this morning for this church, for Ravenhill Presbyterian, that they would know your love and your care, that they would know your leading and your guidance, that they would know your power, and that they would trust you and trust your leading. Father, I pray that this congregation would continue to be a shining light in this community. I pray that as they reach out with the gospel, that they'll see many people come to saving and transforming faith in Christ. Father, I pray for the elders and the leaders that you'd give them wisdom and discernment on leading through this next phase. And for all of them here, would you make them united in togetherness and love for one another and for you. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're the trustworthy God. And I pray that we would be able to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.